for what God is doing here at Chisholm Assembly of God. I, I was just so excited all week as I continued to prepare for this morning's message as we continue talking about vision here at the church. It's been fun just dreaming and kind of thinking about all that God is going to do through the church here in the days ahead as we continue to follow His leading. Uh, this church has made an impact in the community of Chisholm for many years. Since the 70s when this church was planted, it has made an impact in this community here. And many of you, I mean, you're a result of that. You guys are a part of that. You are helping with that. Uh, but I'm just so excited even to see the continued impact that this church is going to have in this community and around the Iron Range as we continue to seek the Holy Spirit in the direction that He has for us as a, as a body of believers, as a church here in Chisholm. I want to just quickly recap the last couple weeks in case you weren't here, or maybe just to kind of help bring everyone back up to speed together what we've talked about so far when we talked about vision. Two weeks ago, uh, I shared a message entitled, You Can't Just Sit There, right? You Can't Just Sit There, which helped us understand the importance of vision uh, for ourselves as a ministry, as, as a church here, but also in our individual lives. How you and I, we have to have a vision in our own lives. We have to have a direction that we're moving in our lives that God is directing and guiding us. Otherwise, we kind of just wander and we kind of just begin doing our own thing, but we, we look to God for a vision or a direction or a focus in our lives as individuals, and the same goes for us as a church. And I shared about how sometimes we use different terms, right? In the Bible, Abraham said that he had a word. He heard a word from the Lord. Martin Luther King Jr., for those of you who were around during the Civil Rights Movement, he said that I have a dream. He had a dream. He had a focus. He had a direction, a vision that he was pursuing. But I want to I remind you, though, we're not talking about them this morning just because they had a vision or a direction or a dream or heard a word from the Lord. We're talking about them because they acted on it, right? It, it, it's one thing for us to hear from the Lord what we're supposed to do. It's a whole other thing for us to choose through obedience to act and respond to what God is asking us to do. We can't just sit here. It's going to require action to do what God is calling us to do. If we want to see a move of God, which I believe most of us in here this morning do, that's why we gather together here, because we believe that God is going to continue to help us reach those around us who don't know Him yet. Then we have to look to God for direction. We have to look to the Holy Spirit to guide us and give us that vision. If you're a guest here this morning, I'm so glad that you're here with us as we discuss vision and the direction that God is leading our church in the coming days. There's exciting stuff going on here, and I think I'm just so excited to get to be a part of it with each and every one of you. Last week, I talked about the first part of our vision, and I talked about how it's something that will never change here at Chisholm Assembly of God. Something that will never change. Why? Because it's the heartbeat of God. Why? Because it's what Jesus came for. What was it? To reach the lost. That is the first part of our vision here at Chisholm Assembly of God is to reach the lost. Everything we do helps us to reach the lost. Everything is, is funneled through the mindset of why are we doing this? We're doing this because it's going to help us 
reach the lost. Jesus said in Luke 19.10 that He came to seek and to save that which is lost. If that's why Jesus came to this earth along with to be the atonement for our sins, but was to seek and save that which was lost, I believe that that is to continue to be our job as believers today as well. To reach out to the lost with the message, the hope of the Gospel. Jesus through the Great Commission also left us with the task of taking the Gospel message to the ends of the earth. He empowered us to move forward with the message. He said, I give you authority to take my message out to all people that they may hear. To, to see people saved, to see people baptized, to teach people everything that Jesus has taught us. That's why it's important for you and I that we understand Scripture. Because it says that we are to teach them what Jesus taught us. So if we don't know what Jesus taught, how are we supposed to share with other people what Jesus has taught us? Also, God sent us His Holy Spirit to empower us to be His witnesses. We read about that in Acts 1.8 last week where it says that we will receive power. We will what? We will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us to be His witnesses. Starting here with where we are in Chisholm. Right? We looked at that idea. It said, we're going to reach out. I want you to minister, He said, to Jerusalem and then to Judea and to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. And last week we looked at that in a practical context of what does that mean for us today? It means first focusing on Chisholm. That's the center of our ministry here is Chisholm. That's where we're located. Reaching Chisholm. Moving outward to the cities that surround us such as Hibbing and Virginia and the other communities around us. Moving outward throughout the Iron Range, the state of Minnesota, throughout the country and to the ends of the earth with the gospel message. He didn't ask us to do this difficult task on our own. That's the great part. As you and I, we're not doing this alone. We're not doing it in our own power, in our own strength. God has not left us alone to accomplish this vision as a church and for our community. He has empowered us. Last week we talked about that. We've been empowered to reach the lost. That's the first part of our vision. Reaching the lost, how? By being empowered by God, by being empowered by Jesus, by being empowered through the Holy Spirit in our lives. This week we're going to talk about the second aspect of the vision that God has given us for the church here in Chisholm. We're going to reach the lost through the equipping of the believers. Through the equipping. So how are we going to reach the lost? The first two parts is we're going to reach them through the empowering of believers and through the equipping of believers through the Holy Spirit. And next week we'll look at the third and final way that we're going to continue to reach the lost in the community and in the world all around us. Through the empowering and equipping of believers through the Holy Spirit. In August, I preached a sermon entitled The Equipping of Our Hands. Which, which talked about how as believers we are equipped by the Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry. We're equipped to do that which God is calling us to do in our lives today. And this morning, some of what I'm going to talk about might overlap a little bit with what I talked about that Sunday morning, but I believe it's a good reminder for each of us. I don't think we can hear too much 
about how we are equipped through the Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry. So how are we equipped to reach the lost? Maybe that's the question you have. Okay, if we're going to be equipped, how is that going to happen? Well, each of us has a different function in the body of Christ. Each of us. Pastor Mark a few weeks ago talked about the body of Christ, and this morning we're going to talk some about that as well. We all serve in a different function in the body of Christ. And when each of us does our individual part effectively, then the body functions at full capacity with its ability to reach the lost. So if you and I and all of us say, okay, we understand this is our function inside the body of Christ, and we all do our job, as a body we will operate and flow smoothly and be able to reach out to the lost effectively as each of us does our jobs. Right? How many times we hear that from the time we're a little kid. Don't worry about the person next to you. Just do your job, right? Just do what I'm asking you to do. It's no different in sports. We say, well, but my, if he would have done this. No, don't worry about what they should have done. You do your job and allow other people to do their job. And it will be beautiful. And that's the same in the body of Christ. Is each of us must do the function that we have been uniquely created and designed to do in the body of Christ. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about us functioning as a body in Romans 12, 4-8. He says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So together we all make up the body of Christ. Every single one of us is needed for the body of Christ to function at full capacity. Together we make up the body. Each one of us is needed for the body to become a whole. And as the church grows, the body of Christ grows, and one in both size but in an impact. In an impact. Our reach can become greater and our impact can become more. Many of us are familiar with the passage in 1 Corinthians 12 where the Apostle Paul talks about how we are all different parts of the body. He gives examples of how some of us are the foot while others may be the eye and others may be the ear, etc. You get the picture what I'm talking about here. It says that Paul is saying, I'm going to make a tangible illustration for you. We are all a different part of the body. right? We all understand the body. We all understand that each part of the body is needed in order for the body to be at top capacity. He gives the example of that with our bodies. We are the body of Christ. And I like, the reason I like this passage in Romans as well that we just read is because not only does it refer to us as the body of Christ again, but it gives us a different illustration and a different reason for how we are the body of Christ. 
And that's because we've been given different gifts to be used within the body of Christ. Then it goes on to say that whatever gift it is that you've been given, then go ahead and do that. Right? It says, for if it's prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's faith, uh, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to be an encourager, then encourage people. If it's to give, give generously. To lead, lead diligently. To show mercy, do it cheerfully. It says, whatever our job is, then we are to go out and do that. This goes back to what we talked about the first week. If we can't just sit here. As a church, as a body of believers, we can't just simply sit here in our sanctuary, sit here and say, man, what we have here is a good thing. We have to go out and have action and put movement to our faith in what God is calling and asking us to do. Do the job that God has given you. He's equipping you to be a particular part and a function in the body of Christ. We must put each of our gifts that we've been given into use. Every one of the gifts that we are given as believers is totally necessary to the kingdom of God growing. Right? It says each of them is given for the common good. So why, why is it important that each of us fulfill our function in the body of Christ? Because if each of us are not doing our job, if we're not all doing the task that we've been given, that God has asked us to do, then we're not operating at full capacity, which means what? It means we're not effectively able to reach the lost like we should be. It means we're not able to reach the lost as well as we could if we're functioning together. That's what it, it all comes down to. Our ability to reach the lost. That's what it's all about. It's the driving force for all that we do here at Chisholm Assembly of God. Reaching the lost. Let's look at another passage that deals with the equipping of us as believers to help us build up and edify the body of Christ. Please turn with me to Ephesians 4, 11-13. So if, if you're following along in your Bible, just flip to the right a few more books and you'll find Ephesians there. We read in chapter 4, verse 11, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It says here, we read that, it says, Jesus set aside certain people to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, so that people could be equipped for the works of the ministry. So that as a body of believers, we may be continually built up, striving, it says, towards unity and faith in the knowledge of the Son of Man, which helps us to become mature as we become more like Christ. Right? Continually being built up in unity, being in one accord. It means that we have to come together and say, we're doing this thing together. Let's get on the same page. Let's not 
worrying maybe about the little things that frustrate us about each other, but instead let's get together and let's do whatever we can in unity to reach the lost. That we have faith in the knowledge of the Son of Man, which brings us into maturity as we become more like Christ. Continually, we're, we're striving to always become more like Christ each and every day as we walk through the process of sanctification. Right? We all start in different places. But each day we strive to become more like Christ, to say, Jesus, today I want to be more like You. Use me in a mighty and in a powerful way to reach out to those who are around me. Are, are each of us going to become apostles or prophets or pastors or teachers or evangelists? No. That's not what this verse here is teaching us. It's telling us that Jesus will set aside certain people to fulfill those roles within the church, but that each of us will be equipped with their help to do the work of the ministry. So maybe you say, but I don't fall into one of those five categories. That's okay. They are here to help equip us to do the work of the ministry. Part of my task as your pastor is to equip you, to help you to grow in your faith, to grow in your knowledge and understanding of God, to help us as a body find unity, to find direction and a vision that we may move forward with the Word of God, with the message of what God is asking us to do. So not each of us may fulfill one of these roles, but each of us will be impacted and equipped by those who are filling these different functions that Jesus has set certain people aside to do. If we look at a commentary, Matthew Henry's commentary from Ephesians chapter 4, I like what it says about this passage. It says, Unto every believer is given some gift of grace for their mutual help. All is given as seems best to Christ to bestow upon everyone. He received for them that he might give to them a large measure of gifts and grace, particularly the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Not a mere head knowledge or bare acknowledging Christ to be the Son of God, but such as brings trust and obedience. There is a fullness in Christ and a measure of that fullness given in, in the counsel of God to every believer. But we never come to the perfect measure till we come to heaven. Right? You and I will never reach that, that state of, of perfectly becoming like Christ here on this earth. Not until we get into heaven will we reach that full perfection of who Christ is and who God is calling us to be. But continuing on, it says, God's children are growing as long as they are in this world. And the Christian's growth tends to the glory of God. The more a man finds himself drawn out to improve in his station, and according to his measure, all that he has received, to the spiritual good of others, he may the more certainly believe that he has the grace of sincere love and charity rooted in his heart. It says, Jesus gives each of us the gifts that he sees best fit for us. Right? That which he sees best fit for you and I in the kingdom of God. We know that the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who calls upon His name. Right? Everyone who has a relationship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit is available to them. For He comes and He lives and He dwells inside of us 
when we give our heart to the Lord. We're all constantly growing in our relationship with the Lord while we're here on this earth, right? Sometimes I think we can get discouraged and we say, "Ah, I feel like my relationship with the Lord isn't going anywhere. It's not growing. The reality is, is while you're still here on earth, there's an opportunity to continue growing in your relationship with Christ, in your relationship with the Lord. Every day is an opportunity for growth, for change in our lives. As we grow in our faith and our relationship with the Lord, it helps us see the glory of it helps us the glory of God will come and be with us and it helps other people see him. As we're faithful, God's glory surrounds us and people will see that and be pointed towards him. Because again, what is it all about? What are we doing here? We're about reaching the lost. The gifts are given for the mutual good of everyone and not just simply for the specific person with that specific gift. Right? So whatever gift you've been given, it's not for you to consume and say, hey, I've got the gift of giving. I'm going to be generous with it all the time, but I'm going to be generous to myself or to those who I choose to be generous. It means that each of us are to do the gift that we've been given to help benefit the good of others, the good of God and His kingdom. We've all been equipped with different gifts to help the body of Christ function so that we can spread the gospel and reach the lost. What are some of the specific gifts that we are equipped with as believers by the Holy Spirit? Let's look to a common passage from 1 Corinthians 12 that lists the common gifts of the Holy Spirit. Starting with verse 7 we read, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We hear that again. Why why are the gifts given? For the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Right? So there's a couple common threads that we read in all of these passages. They're given for the common good. They're given by the same Spirit. The same Holy Spirit gives each of the different gifts. And He distributes them, the Holy Spirit does, to who He sees fit as He determines. We read that each one of us is equipped by the Holy Spirit with a gift. For what? For the common good. Each of us are given a gift. Some people are given multiple gifts. But each of us are given at least one gift by the Holy Spirit. In the nine that we just read, maybe it's a word of knowledge, a word of a word of wisdom, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discernment, or the ability to distinguish between different spirits, speaking in tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Those are those are nine of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As we talked about a few weeks ago, that's not a complete listing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
There's thought to be up to maybe 25 different gifts which the Holy Spirit uses to benefit the body of Christ, that He gives to people to help benefit the body of Christ. So why? Why are we given the different gifts from the Holy Spirit? So that we can be equipped to spread the gospel around the world to reach the lost. To reach the lost. If you walk away with one thing this morning, I hope that you understand that our desire here as a church is to reach the lost. To see those who don't know Christ come into relationship with Him. To see those who have never heard the name of Jesus have an opportunity to hear the name of Jesus through missions, through things like BGMC, which our children participate in, and Speed of Light, which our teenagers participate in. They're, they're getting the gospel out to places in the world that have never heard it. And that's an amazing thing that our students and children are partnering in that. By getting literature in their languages. By getting the vehicles so missionaries can get to places they wouldn't be able to get to without the help of a vehicle that it would take so long to get there. But we're striving to reach the lost here in Chisholm in our surrounding cities, in our workplaces, for some of us in our homes, right? We have believer, we have people in our homes who don't know Jesus yet, but we're still believing with faith and trusting that God is going to use us as a witness, that they may see the hope that we have in Christ, that they may have hope in Christ and come into a relationship with Him, as well as reaching those all around the world. So not only have you and I, have we been empowered, as we talked about last week, but we've been equipped to reach the lost through the work of God the Father, through His Son Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Spirit. Each of them plays a unique role. I want to wrap up our time together this morning with a story from Acts chapter 9 that talks about how the Lord specifically equipped one man to reach a whole people group. And I hope that this will be an encouragement to you this morning. Many of you know the story of Saul and how he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And we know he was changed, right? He was a different person from that point forward in his life. His name even changed from Saul to Paul, as many of us know him as. He went on to write much of the New Testament. But I want us to look at a short passage from the story and realize why it all happened. Why did Jesus choose to intervene in Saul's life? What was the reasoning behind this happening? Acts chapter 9, verse 15 we read, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their, their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me to you, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples 
in Damascus. So if, if you don't know the backstory to Saul and what happened, he, Saul was one who, who punished and jailed and criticized believers for their faith. He, he was the last person that a, a Jew or someone who had faith in Jesus wanted to see was Saul. That was the last person they wanted to encounter. And he was on his way to Damascus to continue doing the work that he'd been doing. And all of a sudden, Jesus intervened and showed himself. And we know it says that there was a bright light and, and Saul lost his vision at that point. And he heard from the Lord at that point. But then you fast forward to this story where Ananias, God says, Ananias, I want you to go and I want you to share a message with Saul. I want you to go and share a message with him. The Lord spoke to him and, and, and said, go to Saul with the message. Why? He said, because Saul was going to become his chosen instrument to reach the Gentiles or the non-Jews, their kings and the people of Israel. He says, Saul is going to be the instrument that I choose to use to reach the people. I'm going to equip him to reach the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel with the Gospel. He delivered this message to Saul that the same Jesus who appeared to him on the road to Damascus had sent him there to help him to have his sight restored so that he may see again. But not only that he may see again, not only that he may have vision again in a physical sense, but that he may be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that he may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Essentially saying that you're going to receive your sight and then I'm going to empower and equip you to do the work that I'm calling you to do through the work of the Holy Spirit. The direction, the vision that I'm going to give you to reach the Gentiles with the Gospel. Worship team, you can come back up at this point. But I, I think, you think about that for a moment. God specifically picked someone out and He said, I'm going to equip them and empower them to do a work. And Paul's one example of that, or Saul at this point. But each of us, God is, is saying there is a job for you and I and us as a church to do. I have set aside a task for you to do for the kingdom of God. And He's empowering us and He's equipping us to do that. But we have to be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever I ask You me to do. I'm willing to go wherever You need me to go. I realize it's going to be work. I realize it's going to be challenging at times. I realize it might be uncomfortable and it might take me to a place that I didn't really want to go. But God, if that's what you're calling me to do, I'll do that. And God, as a church, if you're going to ask us to step outside of our four walls, we have to say, yes, we will. Yes, God, we're willing to do whatever you're calling us to do. We don't want to be status quo. We don't want to stay the same. We want to see the kingdom grow in advance so that people can find the hope of the gospel. We found it. We have a relationship with Christ, but so many we love don't. And so many that we don't know and have never met and will never meet don't know. But it doesn't mean we can't reach out to them with the Gospel. 
doesn't mean we have to say, you know what, ah, that, that's not our job. It is. We've been called as believers to reach out with the gospel, to reach the ends of the earth. I believe that God is calling us to do amazing things here at this church. I don't just say that to say it. I believe that God is setting us up as a body, as a community, to do something great for His kingdom. To see a move of God. And it will be hard at times. It will be challenging. It may stretch us. It may require us to do something we didn't see coming. But I want to remind you of something too. When we reach the lost, we have to be willing to say, you know what? Things might get a little bit messy here at the church. Because those who don't have a relationship with Christ, those who come in not knowing God, they bring messes with them. And that's okay. That's, a, that's part of our job here. Is we just welcome them with open arms and we say, come with whatever you have. Bring everything. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to look at you. We're not going to think any less of you. We want to love you. We want to share the love of Christ with you. And we know that then through a relationship with Christ, God will help them be restored. He'll bring healing. He'll use us to help with that process. But it's all about reaching the lost. God is going to continue to empower us and equip us through the work of the Holy Spirit as we look to Him for direction. Let us continue to ask God for direction. Let us continue to look to the Holy Spirit for direction as a body, but also as individuals, that we would do the task that God has set each of us aside to do, that we would do our function in the body of Christ. I pray that I would do mine and that you would do yours, and we would be in unity, and we'd grow in faith and maturity in Christ, and as a result, people would see the glory of God, the power of God in our lives.